a lot of us think that okay it's if, if girish started fresh desk then fresh desk is girish's company mm. while that is true and we all like the ceo and the founder to lead and take charge let's not forget one thing the moment you actually take investment and sells your shares then somebody is a part owner of the company right so it's their company the it's the investors company as much as it's our company so welcome to outliers it's a podcast with with the outliers people who are the crazy ones uh, uh really passionate about what they want to achieve in their life and uh, i'm really happy to have girish matrubutham today join us uh it's another you know you will also read a deeper uh, narrative uh, about girish and uh, his life uh what he is building it will be a deeper narrative that you would uh read up on factor daily itself uh you know i mean this is the fourth time i have traveled to Ch- chennai on this story to meet you girish and uh, it's it's really been uh, quite uh, a, a journey for me as a storyteller on this story itself uh i was coming back from the train uh, you know i took the shatabdi train from bangalore and i was playing back our old recordings and uh, you know i mean it is quite fascinating how people with ordinary backgrounds uh, achieve extraordinary things i mean you only read about them in books <laughs> so thank you for joining us uh, girish so really? thanks for uh, having me pankaj uh, in fact uh, i was also wondering with the amount of uh, travel and uh, effort that you are putting <coughs> for this one story i was actually wondering if this whole business model of uh, being a journalist will make <laughs> uh uh will it be a viable model <laughs> so i hope not every story is uh, like this yeah i mean not if every story is like this then you are right it will be tough but as a storyteller we pick the stories and sometimes we get very passionate about one story and we chase uh, also sometimes you face uh, blocks uh, and then you expose yourself to the subject a lot more uh, so girish you know the first thing i wanted to ask you is why are you an entrepreneur so so i think uh, see for me being entrepreneurial is actually a, a, it's, it's something that i think is is like a habit to some people i think it's more like a behavior or like playing a sport so today fresh desk is successful so you are here to ask me about that but uh, i think i've had my uh, like the first time i tried to do something on my own was in 1999 where uh, i was actually running a training company and uh, i was quite entrepreneurial at that time too but not as successful and then i started another company in 2001 and shut it down so even when i was working at zoho for 10 years i think a, a switch had flipped in my mind so i think that was what i would call as the entrepreneurial switch uh, so basically it doesn't matter whether you own stock or not uh, so being an entrepreneur is a state of mind and that's what i tell my people even if even though i did not own a single share it didn't matter so i was working as if i was the owner of the company and i think people who have actually been an entrepreneur people always say once an entrepreneur always an entrepreneur right so i think once the switch flipped inside the mind it doesn't matter whether you take a salary or you own shares it's just how you look at problems 
so like for example if in your house I, this is an example that i tell uh, my employees also like if something is broken in your house do you run away from the house or like let's say the tap is broken do you call a plumber and fix it so that's the simplest example of ownership and entrepreneurship which is do you actually own the problem do you see a problem as something that you should solve or something you should complain about and that's fundamentally the difference between sometimes what we call as an employee mindset versus a founder mindset so i think uh, at the root of it is a small switch that flips and once it flips it stays that way and so i think uh, okay why am i an entrepreneur that's i think again uh, i don't have any uh, big lofty goal or answer i think i enjoy doing what i'm doing so being an entrepreneur gives you the freedom to dream about things and then actually mobilize resources and try to realize those dreams and i think there's a lot of joy in seeing your dreams come true and if you're passionately working on things that you love doing so i think uh, success or uh, money will follow so i think being an entrepreneur for me is about uh, doing what i like doing i think that was who i was always whether it was uh, choosing Uh, what to study in school or what kind of uh, job to take so i've never allowed money to influence my choices so even something as simple as choosing a a 5000 rupee job as my first job versus a 12000 rupee job so it was what i wanted to do i think uh, that's why i'm an entrepreneur sure. so <coughs> yeah that 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 pretty much answers it uh the, you talked about freedom and uh, in this age uh, as a funded startup Uh, as a funded fast growing lots of high profile marquee investors backing you uh, one of the things in the ecosystem that people are talking about is entrepreneurial freedom when you are building a startup in early phase that's a different thing and as you mature and grow uh, it tends to get complicated for some people uh, and that's that's like that's like any relationship uh and we are now looking at instances where on investors have so called you know allegedly taken over the company and all that what how do you manage investors and what do you think of their influence on your business see first first of all let's try to understand some basic stuff right and this is something that i talk to my team also about a lot of us think that okay it's if, if girish started fresh desk then fresh desk is girish's company mm. while that is true and we all like the ceo and the founder to lead and take charge let's not forget one thing the moment you actually take investment and sells your shares then somebody is a part owner of the company right so it's their company the it's the investors company as much as it's our company right so it's not like girish always owns will control life i think mark zuckerberg did it well like he has a controlling stake even though he has raised money but i think for most of us normal entrepreneurs it is prudent to understand that when you take money from external investors and venture capitalists we should be mature enough to understand that if somebody owns 30% of the company so they are also 30% owners if somebody owns 50% of the company they are 50% owners the investors want the founder to run the company because that's the best bet sure so nobody <coughs> wins when the founder loses no investor has ever won if the founder loses so usually the game in investment is the founder wins 
the business wins and hence the investors make money right investors are not usually in the business of running companies true but however having said that if the business is not growing see there is something i i learned very early on in my mba days i think it was in a business magazine that stuck to me so uh, i learned that i read somewhere that the job of the ceo is to ensure growth and profits mm-hmm. of the company mm-hmm. right so and and especially growth the so the growth stalls because that's where the value of the business is in the growth so if growth stalls the ceo is responsible so i think we all need to internalize that so as a vc funded company what we are promising our investors is growth and because of that growth the value of the company grows and the value of their investment grows this is a fundamental belief but how do we approach that growth is it sustainable growth or is it like hacking growth by all means those are i won't blame the investors so i my my pet uh, peeve or my worry has always been that a lot of startups that i see and and admire in india actually do not build the business on the foundation of great customer experience or great technology sometimes we take the shortcut to acquire customers yes. we think demand is going through the roof so let's give the customers a, yes. a, 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 a take them for a ride and uh, so this is what is the bad behavior why would you blame the investor for that so as an entrepreneur you should know and you are responsible for driving growth and i am saying this fully knowing that today i am being interviewed as a successful entrepreneur and tomorrow if freshness growth stalls then i uh, so the same thing could happen to us and and i am last week uh, somebody one of my employees actually uh, whatsapped me uh, saying hey I read the news about uh, what's happening here the ceo yeah. was replaced by the investor <coughs> and uh, do you think this will happen to another company mm-hmm. where the same investor mm-hmm. i replied to him why are you worrying about that if our growth stalls it will happen here in fresh test so i think uh, that is how we should approach it so my responsibility as the ceo is to grow the company sustainably without breaking the business model by building it on the foundation of great product and great customer experience it's hard even if you know all this just to go through this hyper growth getting everybody in the team getting the new people and the old people like getting all of us to work together and understand the shared vision and and grow is is a hard problem by itself right it is easier said than done also girish right i mean like and and this also answers a lot of the questions about how why every founder is different like how can you be passionate but still detached enough so you know when to like you know accept the realities and so on is it really tough no i think you you brought up a very nice point i always believe that Uh, you should not mix emotion and passion and that comes with maturity i learned this very very early in life mm-hmm. that uh, being passionate is definitely a must for most people but not being emotionally involved is a great uh, uh, trait to practice because you will be able to see the world more clearly you'll be able to see your problems more clearly you'll be able to look at alternative solutions more clearly <coughs> only if you're emotionally detached so i think that is something i don't know how to teach that but i think that is something like i would call it one of my life learnings on mm-hmm. uh, not getting too emotionally bogged down or or uh, let the emotions disturb your thought process mm-hmm. i don't know if there is any mm-hmm. uh, way to learn that but mm-hmm. i think it's an important point that you brought mm-hmm. we all need to be passionate but we also have to be emotionally disconnected yeah. to a maximum extent possible i think this year and ahead a lot of first time entrepreneurs could 
gain a lot by just learning or, or you know looking at this as something to learn from the other thing Girish is uh, the whole wealth creation aspect of entrepreneurship uh, sometimes uh, entrepreneurs uh, are blamed uh, for cashing out sometimes investors are blamed for not allowing entrepreneurs to get financial freedom that is needed uh, depending on who you talk you will get different versions what is your idea of wealth creation? What is your idea of wealth when it comes to entrepreneurship, lifestyle, uh, everything? What do you, what is, how do you represent see, that? See, I think uh, like most things in life, there is a good and bad to it, right? Now, let's look at the, uh, let's, let's address the problem directly. Let's talk about uh, founders getting uh, some liquidity out in order to create some wealth for themselves before the bigger uh, liquidity event of an IPO or whatever comes for all the employees, right? See, it is important to understand that if you want to dream bigger and go for the big uh, swing, entrepreneurs also need to be freed up in their mind and in their risk-taking ability. Now, if everything is riding on, let's say, for example, Freshdesk. Now, we started the company in October 2010 and the, today we are in 2017. If all I had was a home loan and a salary and there was absolutely no liquidity, so I'm talking from my experience. Sure. So it would be very, very hard for the entrepreneur to keep going on with managing all the financial difficulties, hoping for the big payday. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. once you get some money off the table to take care of, uh, let's say, your uh, uh, family requirements or the, the cars that you want to purchase or whatever is the personal needs or maybe there are parents in need of money and so on. So you take care of your personal situation that frees up emotionally to go for the big swing. Good investors also understand this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not the person who's saying this. I think this was said by, I think, uh, AVC, which is uh, Bradfeld, I think. Yes. So, uh, or is it Bradfeld? Uh, I so think AVC is on Bradfeld. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, good VCs understand that <coughs> if you want, see, because VCs win only when the companies uh, hit a yeah. home run, right? Yes. So you have to swing big and take yes. the big risk. Yes. If everything is riding on this and if we are not seeing any money, then the natural ability would be to protect and not take any risks and, and go conservative. So I think that is important to understand that some amount of partial liquidity actually frees up the mm -hmm. entrepreneur to go for, to aspire higher and uh, uh, aim bigger. At the same time, we also have to understand that entrepreneurs should, shouldn't get used to like thinking that this is uh, free money or because we are dealing with a lot of middle class yes. people who have never seen or handled prosperity. I always believe that it takes a lot of maturity to handle prosperity. Mm -hmm. So, and I've seen money change people or, or let's say power change people. So, so it, it, it is important to realize that suddenly you give somebody a lot of money, it, they, they're not able to handle it properly. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen this happen in, in uh, some of my friends or relatives cases also. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, Entrepreneurs also need to realize that this is not a way of like siphoning money out of the company or taking care of yourself at the expense of the investor or the employees. You need to realize that the, the whole game is still ahead of us. We need to create wealth for everybody involved, not just the founder. So, and it is important to come out as a clear winner because the investors win only when they make a multiple on this and that's your responsibility as CEO. The employees who toiled need to see the uh, success that's the responsibility of the CEO to make that happen. 
so all of that needs to be done in balance so i think that's my approach i don't yeah. think you can say one is right or the other and also at the end of the day it's not wrong right so for example you're not stealing money you're not uh, smuggling anything like let's say you are selling uh, some jewels that you have yes. it's your right like yeah. same way selling some shares uh, if the if there is a buyer who's interested and mm. if somebody wants to sell it's not a, a legally or ethically or morally wrong thing to do and uh, the benefits need to be understood and investors also need to make sure that the entrepreneur is mature enough to understand the responsibilities and have this conversation on why you want to do this and also there are so many other things that you want to do like you may want to create social impact yes so you may want to uh, uh, do some changes in education look mm. at nandan nilakani too yes. right yes. so so the kind of impact that he, but but he's doing it after the ipo true but uh, it doesn't there is no one right way mm. so mm. as long as we understand our responsibilities and deal with it maturely i think we could so the, uh, we could do it in the right way but i think some of the examples uh of how individual people behave it's like everything else in life yeah so there are good examples and bad examples yeah i can think of lots of bad examples in the ecosystem itself uh final question girish uh for this podcast uh if if a company offers you uh, 5 billion dollar 10 billion dollar you know i can put <laughs> any number here uh will you sell <coughs> so so i think uh, again going back to my original uh answer on see it's not just my company right there is a board so obviously we would take it to the board right it also depends on again this is where the emotion and the passion yeah. uh, needs to be uh, looked at it the, what's the right thing to do now let us assume that we spend the next 5 years of our career working towards a liquidity goal for the employees and the shareholders and maybe we will reach Uh, let's say 500 million dollars or 700 million dollars of revenue for example <laughs> and maybe that will put us in the 4 billion 5 billion range and if somebody is offering me 10 billion today i think as a board we would have to take that call right i i'm not religiously inclined one way or the other sure. so i think uh, my motivation is again if it's the right company right so mm-hmm. so the, the dream can be continued anywhere right so i am talking as someone who has acquired seven yes. companies i don't see an acquisition as necessarily the end of the journey right mm-hmm. so people would like to portray it that way but you can talk to some of our founders who have joined freshness mm-hmm. they are still working on the same dream that they started out with on the same problems the only thing is again as i said entrepreneurship is a state of mind so now today they don't own their company shares they just got transferred into freshness sure. shares they also have a, a stake in the wealth yeah. that we are going to create and they are passionate about this and they realize that they tried to do it on their own they ran out of resources they joined with a bigger company so let's say for example if if google is the company that's offering <laughs> us that kind of money so it would be we would take that call on whether that's the right home and will freshness become bigger under that company uh, can we serve our customers better so i don't see it as the end of the journey i see it as a, okay we will answer that question when that offer sure, is on the table clearly but but i am not uh, <coughs> religious about yes. going it one way or the other so i think we, it is a pragmatic call that we need to take in consideration with the board thanks girish i mean it is so i mean great insights deep insights and uh, i think one of the things i really like about this conversation is you don't give diplomatic answers you uh, you don't you know get into roundabouts when you are answering and that's uh, great because what comes out is undiluted insight 
so basically <laughs> i just break my heart so yeah, yeah. this is what i believe in yeah. some people may like it some people may not like it but we can't do much about it <laughs> i love it thank you so much <laughs> thanks a lot thank okay. you thanks for having me